0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She is an anxiety coach who helps professionals end anxiety permanently. Bibi be Ansari, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: If people only knew it took me four tries to say an anxiety coach because <laughs> I was getting anxious because the "an" and the Ann were messing me up.
1: <laughs> well, well, you I did am- it.
0: Yes, I did do it. it. took me four tries, but I did do it. My wife's going to kill me. She's my uh, podcast editor, but I love you, honey. Um, anyways, I'm so excited to have you on the show, BB, because we are in a time where a lot of people are anxious, but I think that people are suffering from anxiety before COVID hit. So, Why don't you talk about right now what we're going through, uh, people dealing with anxiety and whatnot?
1: Yeah, I think now a lot of anxiety is coming up. But as you said, you know, we have been dealing with anxiety and crippling anxiety or paralyzing anxiety for such a long time. But I think now because of the pandemic, um, you know, even people who had maybe lower levels of anxiety... It kind of pushed everything up. You know, it made everything bubble up because times became so uncertain. I think the media also injected so much fear through news to the people. And so, you know, people who weren't even people who already had really high levels of anxiety. Well, you know, they're not doing so well. And it's great because also a lot of those people are now seeking help because it's too much for them now. So that's kind of, I guess, the silver lining in that because a lot of them weren't getting help, you know, because they were just in their little own box and feeling super anxious. But now they're stepping out of it because they're like, wow, I really do need help. This is getting too much for me. And people who had low levels of anxiety well, same with them. Now they're getting to those kind of levels of anxiety that feels really uncomfortable where I was I had it myself for 10 years, so now they can't even ignore those kind of anxieties anymore because when you reach that level of anxiety, it's very uncomfortable. So, you know, now I have a lot of people um, signing up to my program as well who are experiencing the new levels of high anxiety.
0: So what can we do in this day and age, you know, I'm assuming – I don't know you real well, but I kind of believe that you're not one to like, let's drug people up. There's got to be a better way.
1: No. Well, first of all, exactly. I, so I'm against pharmaceuticals big time anyways in my life. Um, But even with that, I mean, I'm, I work with a lot of people who are an anxiety medication and I'm all for it. If it's working out for them, if it's making them feel better, sure. But the thing is that if they felt so good, why are they contacting me? Right. If the medication was working so well they would be feeling just fine. The problem is that, you know, anxiety has a root cause and things like band things like medication, things like um, you know, medit or taking the pills or all these other diet or I don't know, working out, all of those things at the end of the day they're so good for anxiety and I'm a big fan of all of it minus the pills, but they're band-aid solutions. So anxiety has actually a root cause. You know, there is a reason why you you even have the anxiety. I mean, it took me 10 years to find the root cause of mine and I had to go to so many different therapists, psychiatrists, coaches till I found someone who actually did work with the root cause and made sense and she knew what to do with anxiety. So I believe in root cause for anxiety. I believe in for every client to find what is the root cause when they did decide this big decision or fear or belief. And working through it to heal that. And once we heal that, then, you know, there is really no anxiety left popping up anymore.
0: So how does someone go about finding out what the root cause is? And let's say they can't, they don't have insurance or they can't afford to go to a therapist. Is there anything that they can do on their own, like maybe journaling or being quiet that they can do maybe today uh, if that would help them to at least begin the search for the root cause?
1: Yeah, I always say that, you know, finding journaling is great because you're actually detoxing your mind. You're getting everything out. Um, Usually people with anxiety have no control over their thoughts. Most people actually don't, but people with anxiety don't have control over their thoughts and whatever they think, they'll start to feel it very fast. So they'll feel anxious if they think something negative, Mm. they'll feel it all the way. Um, so journaling is great like that because you can detox your mind and get everything out on paper. So it's kind of out of your mind and out of your body. Um, the other part of it with finding the root cause, it's really finding out what is your fear? Like, what is your anxiety really based on? Now, this is a tough one because when we have anxiety, we have a foggy mind. We don't really have clarity in the mind. So it's very hard in that moment to go back and really think, Hmm, okay, where did this happen? When was the first time I felt this? What did I decide in that moment? You know, that's why anxiety is one of those things. Professional help in my opinion, and from my own experience is very much needed because you can't do it to yourself really to find the root cause when you're so deep in the gutter with anxiety. But journaling is a great way to help you detox some of that in the meantime.
0: I once heard that we make problems a lot bigger than they actually are. Recently I flew for the first time since COVID hit. And I was I had small anxiety before I took the flight. I took a nonstop flight from on United from Houston to Orlando. And, you know, once I got the other side, I'm like, well, that wasn't that bad. So I virtually, I had hardly any anxiety when I came back because I knew I was going to be safe. Everyone's wearing masks. They disinfected anything. So I think that our minds create stories that it's going to be worse than it actually is. And when we go through the experience, if we take the time to go, huh, well, that wasn't that bad. Is that, is that true?
1: For sure. Yeah. We create big stories and Um, I think there's, there's a normal level of anxiety that for sure comes with flying. I always say, or getting on stage, those are things that, you know, you do have a bit of a fight or flight happening in the moment, but like you said, the plane lands and you're like, Oh, okay. Well that was nothing like, but you know, getting on a plane, I think there is always a level of anxiety for someone now, especially with COVID that's like mega heightened, but, um, it's normal but as it goes for the mind i think you know that's one of the biggest parts of my program we work so much on the mindset because usually i always say you know people with anxiety and most people in general it's like there's a door frame but there's no door there's no doorbell there's nothing and these it's like have it's like if in your house you didn't have a door frame and people could just come and go as they wish Whoever you didn't even know them. They could just come in, leave. You do not even know who's coming in, who's staying out, and that's kind of people with anxiety. You know, we can think whatever we want, and we allow the thought to come in, and then we'll create the stories, and then we'll okay. So it becomes a mess after a while, and then that's why we fear, we experience such a high levels of anxiety. So when we do the mindset work, it's like we create to, we start to create a door, then a doorbell then maybe a little camera and then we select who comes in and those are the thoughts we allow to come in the thoughts we leave outside so you can start to feel super grounded you control your thoughts and your thoughts no longer control you and so you no longer experience anxiety
0: hey there it's mark and i will coach you for less than two dollars a day plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month for more information visit mrproductivity.com Mm, That is powerful. And, you know, during the pandemic and with the election thing that's going on in America now, people are, and you probably see this more than I do, their, their anxiety is so high because all they're doing is watching the news. And I tell people the number one thing you can do to be more productive is stop watching the news because you mentioned mindset. If you're watching the news, which is based on fear mongering, that's how they get viewers mm-hmm. so they can sell advertising. It's all about the money. So stop watching the news. Or if you can't stop watching news, then maybe say, I'm going to watch it 20 minutes a day. So you know what's going on. Okay, I, stay, I say, stay informed, not obsessed, but people are watching like news all day long. And if they're not watching news, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're watching YouTube newscasts and all that stuff is creating more anxiety for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I totally agree with you. I don't watch the news personally. I mean, I, I had terrible anxiety for 10 years and I haven't had any anxiety for the past five years. And sometimes when I tell people, no, I really actually haven't had maybe like a single minute of it. And they're like, really? Really? But I'm like, I really take care of myself. Like, I don't watch the news, you know. Um, If I know there's triggers around what used to trigger my anxiety, I don't do those things. So I really take care of my mind. And, you know, you'll hear the news from anyone anyways. Because most people are being unhealthy and they're watching the news. But the news is really fear-injecting media. Like, that's what they want, you know. And, again, that goes back to people having no limits and boundaries in their life, you know, they'll stay up and read Twitter till like 3am and then they'll have dreams about what they read. And then in the morning they wake up anxious. And then they'll go to work and they'll get even more anxious because they'll drink coffee. And it's like, sometimes I talk to, you know, people on the consultation and I'm like, really? And you're, you're, you're wondering why you have anxiety (laughs) like, huh? you know, no limits and boundaries at all in life, which is terrible. Hmm.
0: Well, as a productivity guy, I always tell people, you know, I've done a lot of research with neuroscience and to your point, the last thing you look at before you Fall asleep is what your brain's going to think, oh, this is really important, so i 'm very intentional when I go to bed i 'm reading a print book, not on my phone, not on my ipad i 'm reading a print book, and it 's not about i don 't read political books i don't read that you need to read something or maybe journal or say your affirmations because the last and tell me if i 'm wrong here, but the last thing that you think about or you read before you doze off, that's what your brain is going to think is important. So if you're watching the news or surfing Twitter, well, that's what your brain's going to think about. But if you read a book, that's going to help you like a Dale Carnegie book or something that's going to encourage you, or you, you say your affirmations, well, now you're going to bed with a more positive mindset. And that's what your brain is going to emphasize Is that, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And life is already stressful as it is. Like, why don't you give yourself a break before bed and calm down? You know, why put more anxiety and fear and stress into your mind right before you're trying to get some peaceful sleep? It just doesn't work that way. You know, I find this all, it all narrows down to people just really having no limits and boundaries in their life um, and just you know, doing whatever they want and then wondering why they have anxiety.
0: Mm. Now, what kind of limits and boundaries do you put on your life?
1: Well, so I have no screens in my bedroom, so no TV, you know, I'll do no phone, no iPad, none of that stuff. So, um, you know, it was tough at the beginning for sure, but I think, I truly believe in life. Everything starts with the mind. So I really take care of mine and my mind because I had really bad anxiety for 10 years and I never want to go back there again. So I do no screens in bedroom. Like I'll do a Kindle. I'll always read something about the mind or I'll read on, um, just, just a book that I enjoy something to take my mind off all the other stuff. Um, the other thing I'll do, so I used to have a really bad phobia of getting cancer. That was what my anxiety was about. So you'll never see me watch movies on cancer or, you know, how this like lost so many movies out there, like a girl or a guy gets like brain cancer or gets leukemia. I can't watch those things, you know, for me, I think. I don't think I'll ever have that anxiety again because I worked so hard and got to the root cause and healed every single layer. But still, that may be a trigger point for me. So when those kind of movies come on, I change the channel. If there's commercials on TV about, oh, if you do this and do that, you'll have this type of cancer and that type of cancer or get this screening or all those like injecting fear media, i mute the TV you know? So I really, I don't drink coffee. I haven't touched coffee in five years because I know coffee can cause me anxiety, you know? So I think it's, I always tell people too, I say, it's just like going to the gym or eating well. And how do you keep your six pack? Like you eat well, you go to the gym, you know, you're committed to looking good. It's the same thing for the mind. It's even more important because if your mind's not in the good spot, life won't be in a good place at all for you, no matter what, no matter how you look. Right. Yep. So I literally take my mind to the gym every day and it it doesn't stop.
0: I love that. And I want to go back to what you said about what you watch matters. So if you're watching shows your thing was cancer, but if you're watching shows where people being shot up, that's the whole show people being killed. I mean, I got into the, uh, the, the Halloween and the saw movies and I'm thinking to myself. What in the world was I thinking? You know, you watch these shows on on um, YouTube and there's shows about, you know, disasters and plane crashes. Now, and now I heard you say it. I'm like, why in the world am I watching shows about death, about disease? It's like it, it's crazy because that goes in my subconscious mind, which then affects my sub subcon- my mindset, which affects my productivity, my life. And I I don't think people are, oh, it's just TV. Well, to you, it's just TV. But to your subconscious mind, it's looking at that and go, oh, this is real.
1: Yeah, your subconscious mind, without you even knowing, will take that on and it'll show up somewhere in your life. Like, good luck, right? That's why you have to be so careful. Like, you have to take care of your mind, you know? It's so important because once you do, honestly – you, and I always say this to people too. I say where I am in my life, if, if I had the kind of anxiety that I had, I had very bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. If I can be in a place that I literally experience zero anxiety, I don't, I don't have any stress in my life. Like I did a stress test. I went to the doctor to do a stress test the other day and she, and I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't stress. And she was like, "Uh yeah, okay. You can sit down. We'll do the test. (laughs) So she did the test and she's like, Oh my God, you tested negative. (laughs) And I said, No, I told you, I don't have stress in my life. But that doesn't mean I'm some special kind of person. No, anyone can be where I am. You just have to do the work. It's so easy. It's possible. You just have to be a little bit committed to it. And you you'll be exactly where I am, you know, because I was on the other side. Oh my god, I was a mess with my anxiety.
0: One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me to sign up for my email newsletter. Just go to misterproductivity.com. Wow. What's your approach to social media? I mean, I found you on LinkedIn. Is that the only social media platform are, are you are on?
1: Yeah, so I do have an Instagram account, not for myself. I have one for my business, but I'm not active on it. I'm very active on LinkedIn is my platform for business. Um, And I'm not very, my personal social media, I closed it probably eight years ago. And why did I do that again? You know, I remember back then I was an interior designer and i would be going to work. I was in the rain and I was like, oh my God, it's so gross outside. And I'd just be like scrolling through social media. And there was people on my social media, like I had had a few people that I was following. And this girl, one week she was in Peru, next week she was in like Malaysia, then she was in Ukraine. And then here I was like walking to work in the rain, feeling disgusting. It was gross. It was gray. And I was like, oh, why can't I have that life? Oh my God. And, you know, it started and then my performance started to drop at work because I was like mad that, oh, why do I have to live this life? Uh Why can't I be traveling? And blah, blah, blah. So I I noticed it started to affect my life in a negative way in a few ways, you know? And so I just closed it because I was like, well, I don't need this. And I know everybody loves social media. They love to be updated on Instagram, who's doing what, but like hello, toxic life, right? Social media is super toxic. If you use it in a good way, if you have that limit and boundary, I'm all for it. Because you can use in, in social media in a very positive manner for business and for work and for learning things. But usually people, you know, don't stick to that too much mm. because yeah. it's made to capture your attention. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. And, you know, contrary to what Gary Vaynerchuk says, bro, an entrepreneur, I've decided to go deep on LinkedIn. I've made so many friends, so many connections, have so many followers there. And so I do have a presence on Twitter. Only because when I become famous, I don't want someone to get my username. I have my username on Facebook and Instagram. I don't use those profiles anymore. I have gone yes. deep on LinkedIn because that's where my tribe is, to use Seth Godin's term. That's where my tribe is. And yeah. and I, I feel a lot less anxiety on LinkedIn because people, most people are there to build their business and brand and promote their cause they're not there to share news and stuff like that matter of fact if you share news in my feed i just i just hide it because i don't want to see that stuff i want to learn on linkedin i want to make great connections like i made with you
1: yeah i agree i really really enjoyed linkedin as well i think you know almost almost every content is a learning content there's very little stuff like, you know, Instagram that it's just like, oh, look what I'm doing or where I'm at and blah, blah, blah. And I just, it, it, I you know, it kills me because, I mean, growing up, we didn't have Instagram when I was in school. And I'm like, I can't even fathom what these kids go through, especially teenagers with all the pressure of social media now. Like, it can't be nice, you know. And so much comparison and so much, so much social anxieties out there. I can't even tell you how many parents reach out to me for their kids for social anxiety. Wow. But this all starts also in social media. Like I'll talk to their daughters or their sons and it's like, oh, well, you know, I want to look like that and I don't look like this. And I'm like, oh my God, no, like you're <laughs> perfect. What? But it does that, you know, it's so toxic and so sad that's the world we live in so if the world doesn't protect us the media doesn't protect us you need to protect yourself yes
0: right yes 100% they
1: don't care they're, they're it's a business the world is a business but you have to take care of yourself all day every day to live that amazing life that i'm talking about that you can be anxiety free you can be stress free you know you don't create stories in your mind your thoughts don't control you you control your thoughts and what comes in and out
0: Love that. Well, let me ask you this question. I'm gonna get real tactical with you right now. If you could get tell the people listening to this conversation one thing that they could do today, so I don't want something like it's gonna take them a couple of weeks. I I want them to get a quick win. And they're dealing with anxiety, as we all are. This is 2020. What is the one thing you would tell them to do today that's gonna to get them moving in a direction where they can experience less anxiety?
1: Well, I, okay. So the first thing, honestly, that I would always tell someone with anxiety is commit to healing. Like this is, I know you want maybe like a tip that, you know, I'll say like, oh, do deep breathing today or something that helps you right away. But honestly, my biggest thing is commit to healing because a lot of people out there think that, oh, I have anxiety. So I'm just going to have to live with it forever. No, 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 no. Like that is your belief commit to healing and heal your anxiety because it's possible. And then there's such an amazing life on the other side of it, you know, or the, the other thing is a lot of people want to tell tell me, Oh, you know, my anxiety is genetic. No, you can heal your anxiety. Maybe your mom had anxiety growing up or your dad had it and you picked it up also. Cause you were in the same house and you know, as kids we're like sponges, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever's happening around us, we pick it up. But You can heal your anxiety. You just have to really commit to healing. So that is my number one advice with anyone with anxiety. Um, I think it's so important to have hope to commit to healing and, you know, get the help that you need or even talk to a family member if it's not comfortable for you to talk to a stranger about it yet, Uh, but just open up. And I really committed my whole life to to healing. You know, I didn't stop. I remember I started at 18 and I just like, I went at it all the way. I think it was like, I was 30 when I finally healed. Wow.
0: That's amazing. But
1: yeah, if we want to look at it outside of that, I think, you know, cut out the triggers in your life. That's the most important thing. If you see your Instagram is causing you the anxiety like cut it out. If you think it's news, cut it out. If it's coffee, you get all jittery at work and panicky, like don't drink coffee, start drinking tea. Okay. Yes. It's going to be hard for the first two weeks, but you've got to start somewhere, right? You can't just keep doing all these negative toxic things in your life and then say, Oh, why do I have anxiety? Or why am I stressed? Or why do I think so negative?
0: That's incredible. In that you know, the commit to healing part, it sounds so simple, but I tell people, if you want to be more productive, you got to choose to be productive before I can teach you anything. If you're not willing to commit to being more productive, if you're not willing to make that decision, then what I tell you, going to go in one ear, not the other. So I think with your commit to healing, I understand why that's first, because if you're not going to commit to it, then they're not really going to be there and you really won't be able to help them. So it sounds so simple, but yet it's very powerful are you really going to commit to healing? Because if you're not, then why are we having this conversation? I don't mean me and you, but you and the client.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And I'll have people who want to join my program and they'll join my program and still they're not committed. Like I have to sit down with them week two and say, listen, like you're paying me and I'm here to help you. Why aren't you doing the work? oh, I can't, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard. I can't, I can't take, I can't not take my phone to the bedroom. And so you're not committed. You know, I was committed. Like I was like, I am going to do anything to get rid of this stuff. Like I don't want it in my life. And I have clients who are so committed, like they want to heal. And they literally finished my program with zero anxiety because they committed, you know, but that's why I think it's so important. And like, I know, even if you're skeptical, even if you have the beliefs, even if you think it's genetic, you have nothing to lose. Commit to healing and see what could happen for you.
0: Amazing. So wrapping this conversation up, where can we go to find out more about you and your program and all the things you have to offer?
1: Um, So for sure, you can go to my website. It's uh, www.theinnerroommate. So there's lots of information there. I'm very active on linkedin that's the platform that i work on and on linkedin you can find me as bibinas on sorry so that's b-i-b-i-n-a-z or z as you guys say it in america <laughs> <laughs> and then space on sorry o-n-s-o-r-i
0: and probably if they go search for b-i-b-i you'll probably pop up i can't imagine yeah i think i'm people. like the
1: first exactly if you put yeah. b-i-b-i yeah it'll be the first probably okay. yeah
0: well, BB, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm not having any anxiety right now because you're such a delight to talk to. So thank you. So
1: oh, much thank for you nice for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.